The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and Brett King. Welcome along to episode number 34 of The Boys of Tech for Monday the 14th of September 2009. My name is Edwin Herman, co-hosting with me tonight is Brett King. Welcome. Hello. Brett, what a week it's been. You know, I've upgraded to Snow Leopard and I'm wondering where my $59 is gone because I can't see a thing that's different. (laughs) Oh no, (laughs) but wasn't it supposed to be wonderful? It's supposed to be. It's like, what? Where? <laughs> have you, what have you, en- <laughs> have you enjoyed the malware protection? Yeah, well, that's true. I haven't had a, a worm or a virus. Mind you, I haven't had one for my entire life on this Mac. So, <laughs> again, where's, where's the money? Can you read and write uh, to NTFS drives? There's what I want to know. Hey, yeah. Look, we, we should test that. I, I, I think, I suspect you can't because we would have heard more about it. But, uh, mm. yeah, look, we, we had a, we were trying to do that uh, on Leopard uh, a few weeks ago, weren't we? And we had all sorts of issues because we found that we couldn't write. Is that right? We could read but not write. Yep, we could read but not write. And there were rumours that Snow Leopard would allow us to to write as well. But I, I think they're, they're largely unfounded. But look, no, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit. Uh, there have been a few nice enhancements. It certainly does wake up from its sleep a lot quicker. It's like instant. You know, it's just like that. Ah, brilliant. So, yeah, that's really good. Uh, I mean, it's, it's actually really minor. <laughs> <laughs> not $59 worth. <laughs> no, not, not in itself. I, having said that, QuickTime Player version 10, beautiful. Should have done it a long time ago. Ah. Yeah. It's, and is that only available on Snow Leopard, or can you get QuickTime Player 10 on anything? Uh, look, I'm not really sure. That's a very good question. You'd, you'd think it would sort of work on, on anything, but... Yeah. I'm not Because you can get QuickTime sure. for everything. Yeah, that's true. You'll have to see what the latest download is for your PC. Just having a look at Apple's website, it only offers you QuickTime 7 free for Mac and PC. So I wonder if this is a a Snow Leopard only thing. I don't know. Perhaps. At least for now. But you know, it's only been a... I've been running this no more than a week and already (laughs) they've released an update. The first update to the OS, OS (laughs) 10.6.1. (laughs) <laughs> uh, what does that tell you they're trying to rush rush it out before before uh, Windows 7 yep and it wasn't quite complete that's, that's the way I see it yeah that's, that's what it sounds like they trying to get it out there and beat Windows 7 to go for and that's yeah well I tell you what we'll better kick off the show look don't get me wrong though I'm probably being a little harsh there have been a few, quite a few nice enhancements that I've seen uh, and it does seem more responsive and, and all that sort of stuff. Still questioning the, the $59 worth, but it, I certainly have seen some differences. So all the, all the Apple fanboys are going to are gonna write in and, and tell me off for saying, <laughs> for saying it, it, it does no, makes no difference. Oh. Anyway, let's, go, <laughs> let's kick off the show. I want to start this week with the first story being the EU is worried that Oracle is going to kill off MySQL. Yes, that is a rumor. Well, the thing is, it's it's a fair concern, isn't it? 
It's a very fair concern. It was much like the um, concern that we talked about a little while ago when we first heard about the rumor, uh, well, first heard about the merger, is disowning yeah. not MySQL, but OpenOffice. Oh, yeah, that's the right. Open, that yeah, that's true. Yeah, OpenOffice. But we, you know, we hadn't thought about um, the fact that Sun had recently, oh, no, relatively recently purchased MySQL. Yeah, because Sun were doing uh, a lot of development on that. They kept they kept the the ball sort of rolling, and yeah. they're worried. The EU is now worried that Oracle is going to kill it off in a number of ways. It may choose to it, well, it may not kill it off, but if it does, it may choose to just cease development altogether. So it kind of mm-hmm. remains stagnant and doesn't go anywhere. It could increase the support costs. You know, the the vendor support that that uh, commercial organisations purchase, they could increase that greatly. So, in fact, they could increase it so much that it's just not worth, you know, using anymore. Yeah. Uh, and that's so that's another way that they're, they're worried that they're going to kill it off. The EU is considering a number of different options. One of the options the EU is looking at is forcing Oracle to sell it off to another buyer. Mm. But although that seems a little premature because Oracle haven't killed it off yet and they haven't really announced anything have they so yeah yeah they are playing it close to their chest but as you can expect there there would be quite a lot of negative backlash if they announced that they were dropping mysql or you know doing something else nasty uh to it because it is it's very popular it's very well known and it is widely used but the other thing about it is we also have to remember that it being an open source project there are quite a few forks of MySQL out there being produced by different coding communities. So even if they stop doing anything with it, it's not going to mean the end of MySQL, just the possibly the end of you know enterprise support for the original MySQL. Yeah, you're right. People have been saying that, you know, it, you, these projects, you, you just can't really kill them off because they're just pop up again somewhere you know a bunch of people get together and say right you know let's get this thing moving because so and so has killed it off or whatnot and away they go again and before you know it it's it's back indeed because well it's open source nobody owns it nobody owns the whole of it that's the beauty of it isn't it yeah it is the beauty of it it means that Mm. those sorts of things if they are popular if they are well used well developed then it's really, really difficult for anybody to nip them in the bud completely. Well, you know, without uh, MySQL, the Boys of Tech website just wouldn't be. <laughs> without MySQL, a great many websites would not exist. Yeah, a whole heap of them. A lot of web hosts. In fact, nearly all the web hosts that, I, that I, I've seen offer, um, offer that as an option because it, it, it means they can reduce their costs. Mm-hmm. So... You know, some of them do offer Microsoft SQL Server, um, yep. but you know, typically web hosts tend to tend to use, uh, you know, Linux. Well, the LAMP configure. In fact, that, that's interesting. Without MySQL, it would become LAP. You wouldn't have the M in there. Yeah, you'd have to have something else. Well, you would. You'd need a database. Yeah, definitely. Can't run a you know fully functional modern website without some sort of database functionality. You know, back in the old days, before I knew about databases, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I used to code stuff for the web and store information in flat text file. file. Yeah, text yep. file just on the on the web server. That was my mm-hmm. way of, you know, in a specific format that I knew. 
you know, that, that I, I knew how to interpret. We could go back to that. Or we could not and just stick with MySQL in yeah. whatever, you know, implementation of it exists. Yeah, I think the EU's being a little, how do you put it? They're being premature, but it is good that they are raising that particular concern and that they are willing to act on it. Well, Somebody's got that back because, you know, that's a pretty big concern about monopolistic behavior and being anti-competitive, which is what the European Commission is and most of those economic commissions are supposed to be for, is about protecting competition and the consumer and having one large company that produces a product buy up all of the other companies that produce competing products and then killing them all off so that there's only one is very much what the EC is there to prevent. No, no company would do that, would they? No no one in the history of the of IT has ever done anything like that, have they? <laughs> <laughs> Why have I got Microsoft written all over my face? <laughs> no, but you, you know, you're right. The, the thing is, that's the danger. And if it was any other company, well, like Sun, for example, I mean, Sun had control of, of it before. And the thing is with Sun, mm-hmm. of course, is that they don't have their competing database. Oracle no, does. They and that's never where the had concern a lies. Yeah. database product. That's right. They, they purchased it because it was something new and different to their portfolio. And Sun you know, had quite a history of supporting different open source ventures. But yeah, Oracle has a direct conflict of interest between owning MySQL and, and owning, uh, well, Oracle, obviously. <laughs> yeah, Oracle owns Oracle. Don't see that. Yeah, no, look, but that's, that's the key to it, isn't it? That's the reason that, that there is this concern in the first place. So yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Like the, the good thing is, and I think you just touched on this earlier, is the fact that the EU is showing that it's ready to move if it needs to, that it's aware of the situation, which could just, if anything, scare Oracle into, into actually doing that at all, even if it was only, you know, contemplating it at the moment, you know, it might, yep. it might sway it not to. So, yeah, that's the hope anyway. Mm-hmm. All right, what's Google doing this week? Well, one of the things it's doing is, well, this is just a rumor, that it could be the provider of micropayments for online newspaper subscriptions. Entering the PayPal business. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Mm. Interesting talk. Uh, it's kind of interesting because they're... <laughs> To me, I don't see I don't see Google as a com- a company that seems to or that would support the idea of paying for online news. But- yeah, <laughs> I would not have thought of them being in any way involved in that sort of stuff at all. Their culture and philosophy just don't don't seem sort of you know aligned with that. But yeah. here they are. They could could well be the provider of a micropayment system for this. Yep, or it could just be a big load of bunk. Well, that's a- well. The thing is. The Associated Press has reported that Google was one of the tech companies that responded to the Newspaper Association of America request uh, for such a service. So Google have apparently put in, yeah. The other the other ones that they've said have are IBM, Microsoft, and Oracle. In fact, who would you who would you rather have out of those four? Google, IBM, Microsoft, or Oracle offering uh, micropayment services for online subs for newspapers? Ooh, that's a tough question. That's a tough decision there. You see, off the bat, I'd 
probably, you know, say IBM because, well, I haven't heard them doing anything amazing for quite some time. But <laughs> they yeah, just haven't been in the news recently. <laughs> and it would be interesting to have IBM in the news for, <laughs> for a change. But yeah, uh, that's a difficult situation. I would have to, you know, put on my my um, card-carrying Google fanboy outfit for the time and say probably Google. But really, you'd have to see what each of them has to offer. And so, you know, whoever's making that decision at AP hopefully knows what they're reading. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, it, you're it's right. actually it's... literate in those sorts of things and doesn't just go for what looks the best money-wise on paper. Yeah, that's true. Without really seeing what's on offer, it's kind of hard. Uh, here's my take. Uh you know, Microsoft could be good or could be bad. Uh, I kind of wouldn't really normally want Microsoft to be in this. The only reason I would want to suggest Microsoft is that it may do such a really poor implementation that it may just not work at all and the whole thing will collapse and woo back to free news. Yeah. <laughs> so that's one reason why I might decide <laughs> to, to go for Microsoft in that, in that respect. Oracle, not so keen on. I don't know why, but I just don't feel like it's it's a good thing. IBM, I kind of thought the same thing. It would, in a way, be quite nice to see IBM do this. They haven't really done any evil things, well, recently anyway. They, they kind yeah, of, yeah. They kind of <laughs> seem to be sort of just chugging along, doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. So this kind of might go along quite nicely with them. Uh, although, so it's down to IBM really or Google. And again, Google haven't really done anything too nasty. The only thing is they're getting kind of big internet-wise, and this is very much an internet thing. Paying for, mm-hmm. for you know news online that has the potential to go bad. So uh, based on that, tough. It's a tough one. I'll have to uh, toss a coin, but might I'll tell you what. Just to be different to you, I'll pick IBM. <laughs> yeah, IBM. As I say, unless Microsoft can do such a poor implementation, then I'll vote for them because I want this whole thing to fail. <laughs> you want news and information to be free. Yeah, don't we all? I'm sure oh, you do. Indeed, yeah. 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 I don't think I don't think well, other than the providers of news, I think everybody else would prefer to get it for free. Well actually this but then is, most people would say that about, about anything. Everything. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> would you want music for free? Oh yes, please, yeah. What about hamburgers from your local takeaway? Yes, oh yes, yeah, I would yeah. like my hamburgers for <laughs> I'd free. I'd rather have, have those like, free. Have my power for free. I, <laughs> That's I right. would like everything to be free, but it's not going to happen. So in the world of realism, uh, trying to be realistic about these things, I would want whatever implementation is going to be the least painful for the end user. You know, I'm not really and sure. I'm gonna, the most secure. But I'm not sure. Because with those micropayment sorts of systems, it's generally based around some sort of, you know, credit card generally. And that just, you know, opens up another way for you to lose your credit card details if they don't have a secure and well-implemented system. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so that's going to be a, a, a huge concern really because we're talking about a lot of credit cards here. We're yep. talking about a huge, this is going to be a huge this network. Probably, yeah, this, this is going to be, be massive. Possibly the biggest network of micropayments ever, just based on the sheer number of sites and news outlets that do stuff through AP, Associated Press. So yeah, it's it's got the potential to be really big. And if it's not secure properly, then, you know. Well, we'll hear about it. Oh, we'll definitely it'll be, all, it'll be all over the news if you can pay for it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> 
if the system goes down, then nobody will be able to get their news. <laughs> I'm just not sure I'm actually going to buy news if it goes like that, though. Yeah, it's because you'll still get a lot of the news for free. Because no matter how much rigmarole or pressure they put on different places, there will be other people at those major events and they will talk about it. Sure, we won't get a nice, unbi- supposedly unbiased write-up of <laughs> supposedly, it. Supposedly, I like that. As the free press is supposed to do in an ideal world, we will be getting you know the regular average Joe's opinion or the amateur journalist's opinion of stuff on blogs and those sorts of things. But you will still get news and information for free but just not the stuff of the caliber that we would expect expect from professional press uh, unless you pay for it kind of a weird concept this paying for news it 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 just seems weird well it's one of those things it's been free for so long it has become status quo status quo the the average expectation is that this stuff is free because it's it's always been free but just, then this is a big switch. This is a, yeah. well, we've offered this for free for ages, but now we want you to pay for it. And so there will be a lot of people who go, but we've had it for free for a very long time. You never charged from it for it before. Why are you charging for it now? And what are you going to give us to make us want to give you the money other than just news? The thing Which is, if we if, really need to, we can watch the six o'clock news on telly and not have to pay anything. The thing is, if you think about it though, Delivering news is really no different to delivering any other service on the internet that we that we are happy to pay for. We're happy to pay for auction, to sell stuff via auctions. There are there are definitely things that people pay you know pay for out there on the net, and this could just be one of those services that it could be. Are. I think the biggest pill to swallow there is the fact that it's been free for so long, and yeah. now making it pay for is such a dramatic change for something that's free. People get very upset when something that is free or has been free for basically forever, in internet terms at least, and then suddenly having to pay for it. It's and a big, it'll, it'll be an upheaval time possibly, but eventually if it succeeds and the system is, you know, robust and easy to use and those sorts of things and the price is relevant, not this micropayment, which is really a macro payment. Because by the time you finish reading the news articles that you wanted to read, you've bought four papers, <laughs> bought four newspapers worth, <laughs> and no, you've read that like five good. stories. That would be very, very bad. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm as starting long to as think those that sorts of things may... are systems are correct. Then maybe the transition will happen, and if you know, they really stick to their guns, then you'll just be forced to, if you want proper, well-written professional journalism, then you have to pay for it. If you want, if you don't care if your information is slightly biased by different opinion or eyewitness blogs, then you can still, you will still be able to get your information for free. You know, I'm starting to think that this could actually work because, you know, to actually get the news, you it's gonna. It, it costs you money. You gotta. If you're sending a reporter somewhere, it's costing you money. Yeah. You know. So, it it actually does cost to get the news. Oh right, yeah. Right from the start. I, I, so, so this I, may I don't well work. Hold anything against them for wanting to, you know, recoup costs and to maintain the the level of quality of their journalistic output. You can't begrudge them that. It costs them money to do that. They've got to be able to make an income somehow from it. But I think the big thing here is the fact that 
it was free, has been free for such a long time, making the switch is going to be difficult for a lot of people. Oh yeah, it'd be very it'd be very hard for a lot of people, I'm sure. Mm. But the point I'm making though is that you know, if this were something else, like say an online auction site, the you know, it may well not work in the sense that if people really don't want to pay, you know, if, if if people aren't happy with eBay, they're going to go somewhere else to somewhere where that's free. Yep. Now, it may have a, a smaller audience, sure, but people there are people that make that choice. Yeah. With, with news you can't have, there is, there's really not going to be such thing as the other news site that offers it to you for free because where are they going to get the news from? They have, well, to, they have to pay. Unless yeah, they, they have, have to pay. And, but as I said, there will always be information news that comes out through blogs and those sorts of things, which are first-person news reports. They are. Well, the thing is, I don't know about blogs. made up stuff, but. I don't know about blogs um, because. A lot of the time, blogs are just talking about stories that have been put out there in in the me in the news mm-hmm. that have been reported. That the the blog is just comic. It's more commentary, is is it not? Yeah, for a vast majority, but it's not going to stop those first person accounts, like all of the different things which came out of Iran after the you know the oh, previous presidential yeah. election. Yeah, that was a lot of first person accounts of people who were there and witnessed things. Stuff that has come out from other events that occurred yeah that's true and actually press releases are the other one that that are going to be easy to to replicate because you know press releases yeah, are, are free by nature you know yeah yeah uh, you know apple makes a, a statement we've released some new ipods today they have this this and that uh, indeed you know you, you, so you're free to go there and will say be that. a lot of news which is still completely available for free it will be those professional journalistic write-ups on news stories and news event, you know, news reporting about events and different things in places, places perhaps where there is no internet or more in-depth in events and, and follow-on commentary as a lot of those investigative reporters do. You won't get that for free. But your general sort of news, every day-to-day news and events, you will still be able to find all of that sort of stuff for free. Yeah, you're right, Brett. They can't charge you for facts, right? No, no. So, so, so that information will be out there. But it's just a balanced write-up. That's what, that's what you're saying. Yeah, it's, it's just be... the, the proper in-depth write-up, background research, investigation, collating different stories which might, have, you know, from the past that link into whatever is the new event. That's the stuff that those journalists are paid to do and go out and do. And that is what you'll be paying to read. But the news itself, you can't say, I own a copyright of it and then charge you to read the facts because you can't copyright facts no matter how much they may try. (laughs) That's true. The other thing that Google's uh, been in the news this week for is their their new ads they're experimenting with. Have you seen what they're, they're doing with Gmail? Um, I have seen a couple of write-ups about it. Uh, inserting, well, Google have had ads in Gmail for ages. You know, they sit at the top or they sit at the sides. Now they're inserting them in between the conversations in your email. Do you use Gmail? I do. Have you seen one of these one of these ads recently? Or no, I haven't. But then I haven't checked my Gmail in like a week. Oh well, that might be why. Yeah, look, uh, uh, it's very cunning, and it is uh, very cunning. And to be honest, they're, they're well within their rights to do it. At the end of the day, if you don't like the Gmail service, you go somewhere else. It's Not free. precisely. So you it is free. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot 
complain. Well, well you, you can, can complain. <laughs> Nothing prevents you from complaining. It's one of the things that we love to do. But yes, there's nothing you can do about it. And they are perfectly within their right. And as long as it's not too intrusive, then they'll probably get away with it because it will be just another one of the accepted things that people just ignore eventually. It's the price you pay. It's that's, the price you pay. That's basically what it will come down to. Exactly. It's the price you pay for free. <laughs> and yeah, it'll just be interesting to see how it goes along with how targeted these particular ads start to become. Yeah, because I suspect, they haven't said, but I suspect they can target these quite well, you know, mm. with, the, with content that's, that's relevant. You know, if you're reading an email about, a, I don't know, uh, I'll use the iPod example that I used before. You know, if, if you're reading about a new iPod because your friend sent you a, a message about it, well, there could be an ad for buy your buy the new iPod here from ABC Limited. Yeah, yeah it could be very well targeted. It yeah. could be, but then you you, know, you start treading in the waters of well, why are they reading my email? <laughs> well, yeah, but you know they're not reading them. They're, you know, you know it's going to be a robot pulling out. Keywords. Oh, yeah. and it's, it's a robot and it's not reporting those keywords, it's not it's keywords anyway. It's just displaying an ad. Well, well as long as it doesn't report, well, report the, the keywords and well, those look, sort of things. Well, look, yeah, to be honest, though, if you got mail in, in, your, in your email, people joke about stuff all the time and your spam. Well, <laughs> when yeah. spam oh, comes yeah. through. Yeah, you don't want keywords to be pulled from that, that's for sure. But no, look, if you, if, to be honest, in all reality, if you're going to put mail on the Gmail system, you know, it's, it's a third-party system. You have really no idea who's reading your mail at all. Yeah, well, it, know, And it's not just Gmail, it's what their, Yeah, what their privacy statements say. Exactly, but what goes on in closed doors, you, you really don't know. Mm. But, but, I mean, to, on the flip side, I don't, <laughs> I don't really suspect that anyone's actually got time in... Google headquarters to be sitting there stif- sifting through random emails going, oh, wow, this looks interesting. <laughs> be a very sad individual if if, uh, if they did find that particularly interesting. Indeed, indeed. But as the, the internet has taught us, there's all kinds of people in this world. Well, this is true. This is true. Now, I have used the examples of, of new iPods in the, in the last few stories, and there's a good reason for that because there is, in fact... And I'm sure you all know, you've heard by now, there are new iPods. And the reason I, I thought we'd talk about this is because, I mean, it's, it's, not a, it's not a great news story in itself that there are new iPods. Wow, Apple do this every 12 months. But, Indeed. Every within, 12 months, your iPod is obsolete. Exactly. So buy a new <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, buy a new one. Good revenue stream for Apple. But no, mm. the reason I, I brought this one up this time round is because <laughs> for a long time, the, the debate between iPod and non-iPod MP3 players were... Oh, but the iPod doesn't have an FM tuner. Yeah, you know, you yeah. Can't listen a to radio. lot of people were very, it's, it's one of the features that a lot of people have wanted because every now and then, well, a lot of people will have a favorite radio station, a radio station they love to listen to, but then they also love their iPods so that they can listen to all of their, their playlists, their, their music that they, when they want to hear that song, they get to hear that song. And for a long time, People haven't been able to have that cake and eat it too experience with an iPod. Not with the iPod, no. Yep. With the next generation ones, they've got some iPods which have FM tuners in them. Mm. And I'll tell you what's really nice. They've they're kind of Apple have kind of one upped in a, in a way as they you'd expect. They've mm-hmm. included a new pause feature. So if you're listening to the radio and you want to pause that radio, 
you can do so and it will basically buffer up to 15 minutes worth. Yep. Now that's kind of cool. Now that's actually that a useful very, FM tuner, you know? Yes, <laughs> that is a really useful FM tuner. The number of times when you're listening to the radio and you're liking the song and or you're liking the, you know, if you're listening to talk back, you're liking the discussion and then you get interrupted by something. In oh, yeah. And when world, you come back, come back, they're, they're on a different, different subject. Yeah. It's, <laughs> or it's a different song. Yeah. You're like, oh, well, yeah. now <laughs> pause. Yes. It's, they've definitely done the right thing because it, the, <clears> the, the whole FM radio thing. And in fact, it's the other feature I, I should mention before we move too far on is the fact that they've also included the ability to shoot video. And that was the other thing that people used to say, oh, yes. don't, if you have an iPod, you can't do that. Yeah, they've put a camera in the iPod, hmm. in, in the the new generation nanos, at least that I've seen from the announcement. So, so that kind of brings it another, up feature wise. It's, it's oh, it's one of those bizarre merging features, and I'm I'm in two minds about the merging of different devices. It's like the 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 sum of its parts generally isn't going to be better than the two individual devices by themselves. So I'm always, yeah, wary of extraneous features that go beyond the original intention of the device. The addition of of the FM tuner still sticks completely within the domain of that being a music, yeah, that portable media playback device. Adding a camera how good's this camera going to be? Uh, how good is the recording and all that sort of stuff going to be? Is it going to be one of those add-on features which you very rarely use but adds another hundred dollars onto the price? Or you can, is it you can bet gonna the quality is going to be really pretty shoddy. Well, the quality of most you know cameras that go into these devices which aren't designed to be a camera has yeah in the past been quite. Shocking. No matter how many megapixels their camera claims to be, it's the optics and the software and everything else behind it on the the machine itself (laughs) that determines whether or not that's really going to be a good quality three megapixels or a shocking quality three megapixels, which turns out worse photos than your 640K. Yeah, exactly. The lens has a lot. You know, there's a reason why cameras you know real cameras have proper lens you know those you know those big things that stick out in the front of cameras called lenses it's a mm. good reason why they're big and chunky and and sit out like that because yep. they deliver great imagery great image, yeah. Yeah, great great image quality mm. it's it's the it's one of the first things you look at if you're buying an actual camera to take photos photos that you want to be able to use for things or you know keep good quality images of something, then you want something with good lenses, good optical zoom. It's the megapixels constantly are going up. It seems like every few months there's another step up in the number of megapixels you can get in a camera. But the optics, the zoom and those sorts of things, that has been a lot slower to evolve and keep up with the changing megapixels. And a lot of cameras do the dodgy and, well, it's not, I call it the dodgy, but it's, it's really quite smart. They allow you to do that digital zooming and oh, some yeah. of them have smart zoom and smart zoom is the much better version of digital zooming. Digital zooming is just, you know, blowing up the pixels. Yeah, so what's, what's smart <laughs> zoom? Smart zooming uses the megapixels 
the megapixel range of the photo and it drops down the megapixel range. So let's say you've got a 12 megapixel camera and you take a six megapixel photo with it. So you drop down your quality of your camera to six megapixels. It can use those extra 12 megapixels of range that it's got in its camera chip to you know, expand and zoom in. So it uses those to help fill in those extra pixels oh, that okay. it would do through the, the digital zoom range. So it, it does produce a much better zoom, but nowhere near the quality of an actual high of an actual good optical, optical zoom. Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah, that, that's for sure. And uh, so but, okay. it's great that you can stick a seven megapixel camera into an iPod or however mega, many megapixels the camera ends up being. I'm not, not sure. But unless it's got really good optics behind it, the, the quality of the zoom, the quality of the focus and all that sort of stuff is still going to be the generic, that's my camera phone sort of image. <laughs> So why do phones and, and iPods tend to, to have videos? It's sure, I mean, we know it's not to take actual photos, you know, holiday snaps and things like that. It's kind it's of more for your fun, fun moment stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so it's okay for that, is it, is it not? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's perfectly fine for those sorts of things. Generally, it would be great. Here's a hint for all of the manufacturers who stick cameras into your cell phones, cell phone lines, or for Apple, for the iPod. The night vision functionality, its ability to see in low light settings, the number of times that you will be out in the pub having a few drinks with your friends and, you know, somebody pulls something really funny out or some random stuff starts to happen, but the lighting in those places is shocking. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've all seen those YouTube clips that are being shot like that. Now, you can't see a thing. Exactly. And the even with the high megapixels, that does nothing if your camera no. can't see in, in the low light. Absolutely. And you end up with these horrible, grainy, dark, hardly able to see what's going on, videos and images of what was an incredibly memorable event. <laughs> Absolutely. So that, that's, that's my my advice to people, manufacturers putting those things in, work on their ability to see in low light situations. We're not talking night vision here. We're talking just the ability to see in your regular sort of pub environment. Yeah, because that, that's where those cameras get pulled out and pictures published to Facebook Stuck and Twitter Facebook. and whatnot. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, just in case you're wondering, the, the video on the iPod Nano is a 640 by 480 pixels camera. Oh, so horrible then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you got to see what the quality is because you can get some really nice ones which do 640 by 480. It says that on the Apple site that you can capture up to 640 by 480 pixels up to 30 frames a second. It doesn't actually say whether that's the, you know, whether that's just because the software doesn't let you do oh, more. it's a video camera, of course. I keep forgetting it's a video camera. But it is video, yeah. It's video. But even so, it's still... That have been really shocking is, is you know, is they've come out with the different camera phones and all those sorts of things and they take really horrible video when you do actually get video like 15 frames per second at 320. Yeah. <laughs> But, but even 640 by 480 up to 30 frames a second is, is, is that's, well, I, that's I guess. Decent when you, it, it's about webcam. It's about good quality I mean, that's webcam. That's true. Yeah, I guess it's all right. Yeah. Yeah, it's not too bad, I suppose, especially for a yeah. small portable device. Yeah, yeah. But as you say, it's it's definitely not to be confused with a video camera. Or, yeah. Or it's or an iPod. Still, it's, yeah, it's an iPod. Or, or, yeah, it's an iPod, exactly. And it's it's cool that they're adding that, but 
most people who have an iPod will have a phone, a cell phone. It just generally goes that way. If they don't have an iPhone <laughs> and they do have an Apple MP3 player, an iPod, they will have a cell phone. And that cell phone will almost certainly have a camera on it. So what's going to set the new iPod Nano's camera well, apart? Well, I'll tell you what, I, I, I can see one thing that, why, if look, put it this way, if I had a phone and I had an iPod and they both could do uh, photos and video, I would use the iPod. And I'm not saying that because I'm an Apple fanboy. I'm saying that because when I plug my iPod in, up comes iTunes and iPhoto and all the rest and it all just works in nice and seamlessly with my cell phone you can bet your bottom dollar especially if it's not a an iphone with my cell phone i'd have to plug it into a usb cable run my third party software to download the pictures put them in a folder and yada 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 and yeah you get the point Mm -hmm. so from that point of view i think it might be quite nice because you know apple do have that that software back end that that will work quite nicely but anyway that is is quite true who really knows but look i until we, um, we get to see one, until we get to read some actual reviews of them, it is all just conjecture. It is kind of funny, though, that, you know, Apple have kind of, it's almost like they've given in. It's almost like they they knew that they should have had a video camera and an FM tuner, but they were just too proud to actually stick it in because they said no from the first one, so they're not going to do it. Yeah, I, I well, I actually liked the fact that they stuck to their guns and they didn't try to merge media devices they had there it, it this is an mp3 player it plays mp3s uh, and and that is what it does but then they did when they came out with the iphone and well the the ipod touch and the iphone they did start merging those different things this is a a media device well just actually as soon as they started allowing the ipods to play video <laughs> that they started m- moving into that you know media yeah. player instead of mp3 player and then came the touch and the apple iphone which merged even more to the, well, the iphone being the, the the prime example of merging of those different genres of technology as it were but yeah they had stuck their original ipods pretty much stuck to the gun though this is a media player now they're you know, starting to add those extra things, whiz bang things, to try and get people to buy a new iPod. Yeah, well, one of the other things they've just added, by the way, too, is a a voice recording software, so you can that I think is brilliant. Recorded audio. <laughs> yeah, that that's kind of cool. That's probably the yeah. best one, I'd say. <laughs> I like the fact that they stuck to their guns, but a lot of the I have to say, quite a few of the features they have been adding have really been actually value-add stuff. They have been things which, you know, are useful. I'll have to get myself one of these. Brad, have you seen what Panasonic's uh, announced this week? Thinking LED bulbs. Yes, they Mm. are entering the world of eco bulbs and coming up with a darn good one from the sounds of it. Well, I'll tell you what, this new LED bulb that they've Produced and it's not the first. Just let's, let's get this right. It's not the first LED light bulb in the world. They had, other companies have been doing this. Yes, but Panasonic do have about fifty percent of the Japanese market and uh, a good chunk of the world market of, mm-hmm. of light bulbs. And these new LED ones only use one eighth the power of incandescents. Yes. So a hundred watts is only really going to use you know what the a uh, hundred watt equivalent. It's only going to use twelve and a half. Yep. That is pretty neat. But what I thought was most interesting about it, the lifespan of these things. They are, yeah. 
19 years, isn't it? I think they say. If you 19 use it five, years. Five and a half hours a day goes for 19 years. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm sure 10, 15, 20 years ago, light bulbs also did all last 19 years, but it just seems in the last five or 10 years that they've dropped to something horrendously low. Like, I'm sure they do it on purpose. Yeah, some they of, must Some of them don't last less than a year. Yep, less than a year, and you're popping down to the corner store to buy yourself another dollar sixty nine for a light bulb. <laughs> you got to wonder. Or significantly more if you're buying an eco bulb, which really have not lasted anywhere near what I thought they were supposed to be. We went through quite a few at the, my previous. Um, oh, you had some. Boat. Yeah, yeah, we've we've been eco bulb for a number of years now everywhere except the bathroom because well a bathroom with an eco bulb the bulb does not do anything to help the condensation in the room you need something that produces some heat so you either get a heat bulb or a regular bulb so how did you so you found that those household eco- tip for our listeners there <laughs> <laughs> if you don't want mold growing in your bathroom don't stick an eco bulb in there because it doesn't produce enough heat. <laughs> right. You know what I'm going to do? Tomorrow, I'm going to go down to the store and get myself a heat bulb for my bathroom. Thanks for that, Brett. I'll remember that. Uh, <laughs> seriously, you were saying that the eco bulbs that you have in everywhere except for your bathroom, that they just don't last. No, they've really not had a good life expectancy. How, how um, long do they last then, roughly? Like a oh, year and a half, two years max, I think, with one of oh, them. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. See, that's not. What, what What do they go for these days? Oh, you're looking at six, seven dollars. Six or seven dollars. Just for our international listeners, what's that about? Four or five US. Yeah. Or make that three or four euros. Yeah. So yeah, okay. Yeah. See, that's not very good at all. No. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see whether this 19 years at five and a half hours a day stacks up. The other yeah. thing. That, the other thing would be nice to to investigate is the type of light that they produce. Because remember those eco ones that you're talking about? In fact, we've got them at our place. They, You know, the the, the light, in, at least in the early ones, were, were really bad. It was a, yeah. a very, very harsh artificial light. They've very got, harsh, got a lot usually better. very bright, bluey white. Yeah, it was like yeah, that it was awful. horrible, cold, sterile sort of oh, light. Oh, yeah. It was very, Not the, the warm and yellows that you get from your regular sort of... What's in those ones? Must be sodium generally, isn't it, for the orange? I think sodium are the ones in the in the street that are bright yeah, orange. Yeah, but the, the bright orange ones. Yeah. So it's yes, yeah, yeah, sodium some, lights. Yeah. But the ones that nice, nice, warm orange yellow glow. Well, the thing is, yeah. I'd, I'd like to see what these LED ones are like because, I mean, it's all well and good to have these these bulbs, but if they produce a horrible light, people are just not going to go for them. Mm. So they're pretty cheap. About three hundred yen. For a for one light bulb that lasts you supposedly nineteen years, so that's just over three about three dollars fifty US. Wow! Yeah, that that's bizarre. You would not expect them to go for something with quite the longevity because you'd think after everybody's bought them, it's going to be nineteen years before they're going to get another <laughs> yeah. set of income from those LED light bulbs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's in it for Panasonic? Yeah, I I good on them. I think it's brilliant. Everybody loves to have something that they could just, you know, you buy once, you stick it in, and you can forget about it for an inordinate amount of time. It's or, great. Uh, it's b- brilliant value for money, and it's good for the consumer. But, yeah, <laughs> you just wouldn't think a business would do something like that. 
Well, remember when shoes used to last 10 years? Ha <laughs> ha Yes, I remember when you you know you could buy a brand, well-known brand, and expect those shoes to last you almost a lifetime of whatever foot size you currently were at. But nowadays, well, yeah, well not even nowadays. You know, I remember casting my mind back to high school when I bought very well. When I, I mean, when I pleaded with my parents to buy me <laughs> some <laughs> yeah. shoes. And I got a, you know, top of the line, expensive basketball shoes because they were, everybody had them. They were great. And they lasted less than a year. Yeah, it's the way, the way things are going. It's- <laughs> when, and then all of the whiz-bang fancy airbags and stuff in them were all broken and it was very uncomfortable to wear afterwards. Oh, no. <laughs> Well, anyway, these uh, I think these LED bulbs will take a while before we see them here, at least in the in the general market. But they're going to be mm-hmm. released in, in Japan. Uh, when they come here, I'll, I'll try them. I'll definitely give them a go. Just not in my bathroom. So will I. Just yes. not, not in the bathroom, eh? Yeah, just not in my bathroom. bathroom. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Tell you what, we'll take a short break. When we come back, the New Zealand stories for this week. Welcome back. This last segment is the New Zealand stories for this week. New Zealand is going to get its very first internet TV channel. Yes, mm. coming to us um, from the guys over. Yeah, streaming from the guys over at Telstra Clear. It's going to be called Ziln, and you can go to ziln.co.nz. That's z i l n dot co dot nz. Or for the American listeners, z i l n dot co dot nz. Any idea what that means? No. Is it an I, acronym? I don't know. I haven't. No. No, I haven't <laughs> seen it. It's kind of weird. Kind of a weird name. In fact, you know what? If if Zilm dot if they've taken Zilm dot com, you can bet your bottom dollar they chose a name because it's the only domain name left. No, actually, I just actually I've just been to it. And interestingly, if you go to Zilm dot com, it's actually for sale. Contact Steve at Amdo dot com. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so back to the story. Uh, what does this mean? Uh, well, you know, I'm kind of in two minds about the whole thing. From the point of view that we, you know, we're experimenting with new technology, we're we're trying new things out, we're we're moving forward. That's a good thing. But mm. the reality is that here in New Zealand, anyway, we're at the at the end of a very very long piece of internet pipe, which means that our internet is very very expensive for the amount of bandwidth. We have very very small caps that are affordable. Yeah, a lot yep. of people on one gig caps, five gig, ten gig. It's not mm. a lot. Even you know, twenty or forty gig these days is not a lot. No. And we pay quite a bit for those caps. Now, the thing is, if you're going to be watching Zilm all day, or not even all day, but just a little bit here and a little bit there, imagine all the broadband caps that are going to get blown, and you're going to pay excess. Yeah, I can't precisely. see this. That's the only I reason I can't it, see it working. I can't see it really. Yeah, I cannot yeah. see it really taking off uh, unless. It was zero rated, or at least for people on the same on the same link. Yeah, because now Telstra Clear, they've got a website, clearnet.co.nz, and there's video there. It's not a streaming internet TV channel. It's just video on demand. And mm-hmm. they've zero rated that. Now, Telstra Clear about Zone have not said they're going to zero rate it, but they have said that after six months they'll review, you know, to make a decision as to whether it gets zero rated. But unless anyone zero rates it, no one can afford the bandwidth. 
to actually watch this thing. Mm. So it's not because these channels is is rubbish or is is you know flawed. It's just that the internet plans we have in this country are far too restrictive. Mm. It's the only reason I can see that that's the the only bottleneck I can see. Yep, the only that's the only thing I can see as well that could prevent it from taking off and having a good run. It's a real shame. We can only hope that after they've, you know, monitored it, that they see that people are interested in it, but people aren't spending a huge amount of time and maybe there'll be some sort of questionnaire or feedback, ability for feedback. And yeah, we'll be able to give them feedback saying, well, we would watch it more if, you know, it didn't count towards our broadband caps, our broadband limits, because you know, <laughs> it, it takes too much. Well, it'd be kind of nice if... If all the different major ISPs in the country and the pairing networks all got together and had a, a sort of an agreement that you know it would all be zero rated, and they could even do an Akamai on it and have it, you know, distributed. So you know you don't have to have everything coming coming from Telstra Clare. You know you could get some other ISP like Icons uh, pull down a stream and then rebroadcast that out to its customers. So it'd be kind of nice, but I I, I think it's wishful thinking. So yeah. it's already in operation now. Have you, Brett, have you checked it out? Uh, no, no. I, I have to say I have not checked it out yet. Yeah, I haven't either, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. I I'm am as well. <laughs> I've just not had a chance. <laughs> I've, I've seen the website. looks impressive. I just haven't clicked on anything yet because I've been far, far too busy than to watch TV. Actually, that's the other thing. I, you know, I myself don't watch a lot of TV, so watching it on the internet is not really going to it's not going to change the change world. Change my habit? No, absolutely not. But, <laughs> but no. Look, I I think this is this is this is kind of cool stuff. Just a real shame about the broadband caps because that's the thing that's going to kill, you know, or prevent this thing from being really big. Yeah. Hmm. All right. IRD is looking at open source software. Yes, they are indeed. Not quite as you know full on as the open source community might like but they are going to trial it. Yeah, in fact, after the, the they've headlines, done their Microsoft upgrades. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> they haven't yeah. The headlines looked impressive actually, but when you sort of dig and delve into the story, it's actually really not much of a story. All they're doing is considering a a few open source alternatives and they're not going to be in fact I, I don't think it's anything of the scale that New Zealand Post has been doing. No, it's not going to so, be a total desktop rollout. They're going to to trial open office and then it might come out to just some of their more transient desktops where people use the desktop on and off and different people use it, the same desktop, that sort of thing. That's what they're going to be putting it out for. But everybody else will get the the um, the full Microsoft package. So it's not really uh, as big a story as we think, but it's... No, no, it's definitely not a coup for the open source community. But it is a foot in the door, at least. Well, it is actually, and the, the, for the to, you know the, yeah. the chance to weigh up the options that there are alternatives out there. Well, not, to be, not to you know just Microsoft's product at all, because I actually have to say I have to admit that I am a fan of a lot of the things that Office can do. That some of the the open source ones just don't quite measure up, but. Word processor-wise, they're, you know, much the muchness. I've tried Open Office a few times, and I, I don't know. It, there's always something that's not working, or some bug, or, or something. I don't know if it's just me, but I kind of gave up. I, I kind of lost faith in it. 
Oh. Uh, <laughs> sorry to uh, say. Yeah. Oh, no, it's true. Just, I, see, yeah. I have I have Open Office installed on my home computer that I'm, you know. So how, how do you find it? Right I find it. I find it perfectly fine. It's perfectly adequate for what I use it for. But then again, I just do word processing on it, and you know, a couple of spreadsheets here and there. I don't use any of the other Open Office tools at all, so I can't really give a good idea of what those are. But then I've been brought up and you know, quite in depth on the use of some of the other uh, Microsoft Office tools, Access and PowerPoint, full on using those. So I would be iffy about attempting to use a different product to do the same things that I already do quite well with the current set. To be honest, I'm, I'm actually quite uh, impressed that some of these government departments are looking at our alternatives in the first place because... It, it it's good to see them looking outside the square, you know. They kind of sometimes mm. they, they, especially I don't know why, but government seems very very much wanting to play it safe and let's go with Microsoft. A lot it seems to be a lot more than than other enterprises. I don't know why, mm. but government always seem to me has always seemed very very Microsoft centric. I mean, okay, I know the whole world is Microsoft centric, really, if you think about it. Ninety percent of the desktop and. I'm sure a good chunk of the server market, but you know, it, it seems that government departments were were more so that way than than other organisations. So it's good to see them at least considering alternatives. Doesn't mean they're they're going to go with them, but at least they evaluate them. And it really, at the end of the day, it's horses for courses, eh? Yep. Right. The other story uh, in New Zealand this week uh, worth talking about is the police may well be basically upgrading their their fleet. Well, with a whole bunch of digital stuff to allow them to process to process criminal act. Basically, on the scene. Yeah, on the scene. We're basically talking about cars being equipped with mobile, mobile fingerprinting devices, digital equipment as well for dictation instead of having to you know write stuff on paper. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's been a, a, a <laughs> few a few criticisms about it. There have. Yeah. The very first thing that I thought of when I, I read it, police become judge judge and jury <laughs> for criminal offence. Uh, the very first thing that flashed into my mind was the, the, the comic books um, from 2000 AD, Judge Dredd, <laughs> where there were street judges who went around, caught the criminals <laughs> and tried know, them tried them and convicted them and executed them or, you know, passed judgment <laughs> all in the same, in the space of a few minutes. <laughs> it was, that's what flashed into my mind for this. But, you know, it's only a lot smaller offenses than what those fictional judges had the jurisdiction over that the New Zealand police are thinking of. Once again, it is just thinking of. It is a proposal. Yeah, actually, that's true. It hasn't actually happened, has it? Hasn't been no. approved. Hasn't been approved. It's just one of several proposals they've got out as part of their move to become more cost-effective. But even if it doesn't mean processing someone completely, but just at least grabbing fingerprints at the time so and statements, mm. you know, even if it's just that, I think that's a, a great step forward. I, you know, I remember once having my fingers fingerprinted the old-fashioned way, you know, mm-hmm. put it on a pad of ink and then roll it across a piece of paper. By the way, I wasn't a criminal. I was a victim of a crime. So they had to eliminate my fingerprints from the others. But mm. um, it's, it seemed very manual. And, and these days, you know, uh, you know, if we could do that right then and there, and, uh, 
you know. Oh, indeed. <laughs> Instead of using some some of that greasy ink, which took ages to wash off. Yeah, oh, it hangs um, around a bit, doesn't you it? Got, yeah, yeah. And you get it on your clothes and horrible stuff. But using digital scanners and all those sorts of things is, is brilliant. Well, those are our New Zealand stories. That concludes the show. Yes. Alrighty. Uh, if you want to leave a comment on our website, it's boysoftech.com and all our previous episodes are there as well. Thank you very much for joining us for episode number 34. Brett, thank you very much for hosting it with me. Uh, always a pleasure, Edwin. And we'll see you and everyone else again next week for episode 35. Till then, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.